Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father, thank you for this day that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We pray, Father God, that you bless your word. We, we thank you for the opportunity to be in the house of God, uh, listening to the word of God, hearing the report from heaven of the plans that you are doing upon the earth to change the world. We pray that this word this morning would just open our eyes, that you would give us insight to these matters that you've entrusted the church with. And I just pray, Lord, that we would rise up to the maturity to govern these affairs with excellence, that we would not be ignorant, that we would not be distant and disconnected from your heart. We pray, Father God, that your word would be a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path, a good seed planted in good hearts that give forth good fruit, Lord. Allow us to be crowned with your presence and, and move uh, with the embrace of your spirit. Holy Spirit, have your way in this house to touch the hearts, to convict, and to lead us in the right direction. We pray that you continue to prepare us for what is to come. And we glorify your name and thank you for uh, what you're going to do ahead of time, Lord. Uh, we praise you and we glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Um, I, I want to say that while there is a a severe um, identity crisis in men. And that's, that's our strong point, is to, to awaken men to their conscience of what they should be, because a lot of men don't know. Uh, and every time I talk to um, the women, women, women are those that are struggling the most with the crisis of men's identity. The women are sitting there, I, I, literally, when we went to, to Switzerland and to Germany and to Europe, uh, the women are upset. And they're upset because men have lost their understanding of how they're to relate with women. So we, we put a booth out there in Berlin last year, October of 2018. No, was it 2017? 2017, we put a booth out in Berlin, and it says, what is a man? And we had our books there, and not one of those German guys would dare come by our table. They're like, but the women were like, I'll have two boxes, please. <laughs> the women, they were buying them by the box load. They, they didn't say, give me a book or two or ten. They said, give me a box. And this was a particular woman who was a professor, a professor at the University of Berlin. And she says, we have a crisis in our country. The men do not know what the heck a man's supposed to be. So we're, we're, we're not talking about here Sweetwater or Hialeah, no offense to them. We're talking about Berlin, a nation, Switzerland. That, that men are not walking in their identity as God created them, and the ones that are severely affected are women. They're, they're severely affected because they're subject to these guys who don't know what they're to do. So if that is a huge crisis upon the earth, I want to tell you who is in charge with preparing men to be champion, and it's the church. If the church doesn't rise up to its place, right now in America, there's a huge wave of something called toxic masculinity. 
They, they, they cannot stand the abuse and the neglect and the twistedness of when men do life wrong. Wrong. They just not, they're not, they're not happy. So if there's a crisis in manhood, we got to go back to the church. And, and I want to suggest that the church doesn't understand what God has called them to. That nobody knows the significance of the church. But it's there that God, when we started this church, um, the very first thing God told me that, that makes the church successful was 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. And, and he told me that he would bring those... Look what it says. Let's, we'll read the verse first. It says, and he's, this is Paul, the apostle, writing to Timothy, who he's mentoring. This is his uh, apprentice. And he says, those things that you have heard from me, Paul to Timothy, those things you've heard from me, that many people were able to see me tell you, entrust what I gave you to faithful men. Paul to Timothy, Timothy to faithful men. Commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So you have like four lines of people. Apostle Paul to Timothy, Timothy to the faithful man, the faithful men to those who are able to teach others. So it's just incredible. There's this lifeline here. Paul will, will instruct Timothy, the things you've heard from me, Commit them to faithful men, number three, group, who's able to teach others, group four. And so these men that are rising up, and that's the first thing the Lord told me when Spring of Life started. He says, I'm going to commit to you a vision to change the world. I'm going to bring faithful men for you to give them this vision who will go able to teach others. And, and this has happened already as, as we have churches throughout the world. Uh, Oscar just got back from Nicaragua. He has a good report. Him and Isabel were there for a week, 10 days. And they say, Pastor, everything is walking according to plan. They're doing exactly the same thing we're doing in Miami. Amen. If you go to that church in Nicaragua, you'll see how they conduct these affairs and they're raising up champions for the glory of God. So I thank God for the faithful men. I have to always contrast because people don't understand reality unless you contrast. What's the opposite of faithful men? An unreliable man. And the Bible says if you have an unreliable man, it's like chewing with a broken tooth. It's like walking on a broken foot. It tries to tell you to stay away from unfaithful men because they're... A relationship with an unfaithful man is super painful. And we write that in what is a man. Uh, the cornerstone of character is faithfulness. If you're not faithful, there's nothing else can happen. So, so the identity of a man in his essence is faithfulness. And, and faithfulness is that you're entrusted with something and you take care of it to bring it to pass and fruition. When I, I teach the opposite of, of maturity is immaturity. And I, I teach this session saying that when, when, I was, when I was just starting out my family and Nick was about, I guess he was four years old. And, and I, had, I had my beeper. Right? The beeper is like before the cell phone, they would beep you and then you would call. 
So I had my beeper and it fell and I turn around, I give it to Nick. I said, Papito, hold it while dad is, is rowing and I'm in the front of the boat rowing and all of a sudden I hear plop. He threw it overboard because he could not distinguish between trash and treasure. He thought it was just a rock. <laughs> there goes something that was very precious to me at the bottom of the lake now. Um, but you can't entrust unfaithful man with anything. Because they'll hijack it, they'll kidnap it, they'll turn it, they'll flop it, they'll water it down, they'll throw it away. You can't. They can't consider these things precious. So this work of the church, and that's, that's our biggest controversy. How many know that we're living in a world where men do not want to be in a place where they're judged? Don't judge me. I need to find out if you're faithful, man. But don't judge me. Yes, I'm going to find out if you're faithful, man. You... Judge not lest you be judged. Hogwash, you sissy. Is that a bad word? You softy. You, you need to understand this is a place where God is forging the character of men who do not fail. Men who do not fumble. Every time we get a running back for the dolphins, we trade him fast if he's a fumbler. And then we do that in church, and they're like, oh, that church is so strict. No, we just don't like the fumble. Right. Only one of you guys said amen. <laughs> Listen to me. You don't want to have an NFL team with a running back that, I tried real hard, but they hit me. Listen, do not fumble. <laughs> you see the coaches out there, like, do not fumble. And so there's great running backs, but if they fumble, they're traded. Everybody's quiet. <laughs> Listen, if we start treating the church the way we do life, which is serious, then we'll have a sharper champion team. And we need to talk about these things. Now, I just want to put it in context because unfaithful men, when you talk to them about faithfulness, they're like, I don't have time. I don't know if I could commit. And what they're really saying is don't put me. I have a theory about those guys that put their baseball caps backwards or sideways. If you see somebody with his baseball cap backwards or sideways, he's telling you up front, I'm don't take me serious because I'm not a baseball player. I don't put that thing like it goes and I'm ready to catch a, a fastball. A, 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 what's it called? A line drive, the third base. They, they're, they're in position. They're dressed. They're ready. No, they have their, their cap sideways because it's, it's like a joke. I'm here to be a clown. And then they put it all the way back and they're like, I'm a kid. I'm 10 years old. Don't take me serious. So if you young girls see a guy with his cap backwards, you turn that sucker around and if he can't stand it because he's being called to higher ground, you know to run. Don't be around that guy. Now, now here's the animosity. I don't have much time, but I, I want to deliver this message. Psalm chapter 2. Psalm 2, verse 1. God puts in the context the rage of the, of the animosity. And he asked, actually asked that question. Why, when it says nations, we're not going to go to countries. We're going to call peoples. Nations is peoples. Large groups of people groups. He says, why do the nations rage? And why do people, why are people all excited about being involved with things that are temporary in nature? That, that are culturally fashionable. And, and one of the things why I, I don't get along with culture is because it changes all the time. 
And, and, and so I, I say that in the 1950s, there was Elvis Presley and there was Billy Graham. And Billy Graham stayed that course. And then in the 60s, there were the Beatles. And everybody had to change their haircut from Elvis's flow to the, the, the bowl, right? The, the Beatles look. And then and Billy Graham didn't. He stayed the course. He didn't change with Elvis or the Beatles. And in the 70s, the Bee Gees, stay alive, stay alive. Ah, ah. And, and so long hair. And you see Billy Graham staying the course. He's not moved by culture. He's not moved by fashion. He's a man of God. He's a son of the Lord. So he keeps, and then the 1980s, doing the moonwalk, you know, and that's another whole cultural framework and fashion, and he was unmoved. So Billy Graham in the 50s is the same, in the 60s is the same, in the 70s is the same, and the 80s is the same. He's a sharp-looking, world-changing giant, not moved by, by skinny jeans and, and flohawks and all this garbage. So you're not moved by the culture. You're not moved by the winds that, that change because the, that's what children do. The Bible says no longer children toss to and fro. You're not, you're not dressing up to be, so, who, no, you are who you are and everything else changes. But Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the Bible says he's not moved. So why do nations, why are they upset? Why do people get offended? Why are you, what's wrong with my skinny jeans? You're not going to be able to have babies. <laughs> You're going to have issues, man. And the people playing temporary things. Why are they upset? Verse 2. <laughs> why are people upset? The kings of the earth set themselves. Everybody, when the Bible is talking about the kings of the earth, you are a king in your own right. You govern your affairs. You decided to be here today. That was an executive decision at home. You said, I'm going to church. And so um, there are other people that made executive decisions not to come to church. And so they rule and they govern their affairs. Why do the kings of the earth set themselves and set themselves as they're ready to go against God? The rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, his, his preachers. Those that are called to set things in order. Why are they upset? Why are they set? Why are they speaking contrary to what God speaks? Verse 3. They say like this. Let us break their bonds into pieces and cast away their cords from on. Let's not let the Lord call the shots. Let the, let's not be... In a vice, let's not come under the yoke of God. Let's not be governed by God. Let's break these things that keep us confined. If you read the, the life of a German philosopher, Friedrich Nietzsche, he says, if you break the cords and the binds of the religious church and the Bible and Christianity, you'll be free to do whatever you want. Listen to me. The prodigal son will tell you that the biggest curse upon the earth is doing what you want. I, I used to tell the Lord, Lord, I don't want to do what I want. I, I want to stay away from my want and help me want what you want for my life. 
And, and denying self and saying no to breaking the bands and the cords and all these what feel like restricted, or why do they, listen to me, a lot of people have problems with tithing and offerings. They're like, why are they making us tithe? Because God's going to give you so much silly money that if you don't organize your finances, you won't know what to do with the blessing of God. I was like, I don't understand tithing. Yeah, because if you organize yourself to tithe $1,000, when God gives you a million, you have peace. You have prosperity. You don't let your money govern you. You govern your money. And so I didn't understand that when I got to church. I'm like, do you want my money? They don't want my money. God wants to order my steps and discipline me so that I don't become a selfish monster. And so these guys are coming against God's order. They're coming against the restrictions of the Lord, the limitations of the Lord. You'll see that the people that come under God's yoke are the freest people. Amen. They're not addicted. They're not vice. I, I, one of my brother's a psychiatrist. He runs the veterans hospital in Fort Lauderdale. There's, there's thousands upon thousands of people who's like, I need, I need help. Help with what? Uh, I'm addicted. I drink. I'm this. I'm depressed. And he says, come under the yoke of the Lord. Come to do it God's way and you'll feel joy and peace and freedom. But if you allow, if you break these bonds, if you break these cords, listen to me, the word government is, is where the kingdom of God is most seen. Govern your life like there's a king in your life. Who do you listen to? No one. Then you're a miserable fool. But if you listen to King Jesus, he'll get you married to the right person. You'll enjoy your family, your finances, your career. Your, because it's a prosperous kingdom. And so they have a different mindset. They're against the Lord. They're breaking his bonds into pieces. They're casting away the cords. Uh, and and it's, it's all a deception. The devil says to you, be free, and then he makes you a slave to sin, a slave to selfishness. He, he, he is a hard task master. In the Bible, there were slaves that would, would do a stint of slavery, like 20 years, and then they were set free. And then they would say, no, 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 no. I want you to put a hole right here in my ear with a nail. And they became a bond servant. They were becoming a slave because they loved their master. They weren't mistreated by their master. They were living the life. They were living the life of all that the master had. So verse 4, as these guys set themselves against God and says, let's just break the government, break the restrictions. Let's, it says, verse 4, he who sits in heaven, talking about God, looks down at them trying to avoid coming into right relationship with God, and he laughs. And the Lord holds them in derision. They're, they're just set on demise. They're set on losing. They're set in becoming ruins because they haven't understand the kingdom of God. Verse 4, verse 5, I'm sorry. He sits up and laughs. He shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. He sets himself, like the Bible says with Jonah, as he set himself to go contrary to God's to command, he sent a storm to confront him. And there was high seas and there was winds of opposition. So when you set yourself against the government of God, the displeasure of God is huge and the distress upon you is f phenomenal. 
It's, it's just a, it's a, a continual controversy until you surrender and say, Lord, I want to do it your way. Teach me how to navigate in a direction that brings you pleasure. Uh, verse 6. This is Psalm 2 again. Yet I have set my king. This is the psalmist saying. While other people are trying to break the relationship and trying to break the bonds and not wanting to do what God wants the way God wants, the psalmist says, I have set him as keen in my life on the holy hill of Sion. He, he was in alignment with the right perspective. It can be in a king, you being a subject. And when you have a king like the king of kings, set, get ready to be adorned. Get, get ready for your life to have an expression of, the, the, there's a saying that says the attributes of the kingdom emanate from the character of the king. Everything that comes down is because it's an expression of him who's the highest in your life. If you're serving mammon, you, you won't stop being a slave to that life. And, and Pastor Medieros was saying that. He says, when I was in that world, it doesn't matter how much I tried to be free and, and the more bondage came on my life. But if I set King Jesus as the highest authority in my life, a lot of people says, don't go to Spring of Life because it's a cult. Don't go over there. Those people are weird. No, this is just a place that wants Jesus to be the king over all things. And so what they, they tell me when I go to my, my, my radio interviews and TV interviews, they're like, man, don't you have any of your own thoughts? Like you always say what the Bible says. Don't you think for yourself? I go, no, when I used to do that, it was horrible. Like what you're doing right now. Start saying what Jesus says and start putting your place that he is the king you have set up over your house. And when they say, you go to that church, as a call. He says, no. The only thing we're doing is letting Jesus be the king of kings. And, and his word, the Bible, is our manual. And it has nothing to do with spring of life. I've set him as king over my holy hill Zion, over everything in my life. Verse 7. I will declare, this is what he says, that what the Lord I'm, I'm going to speak what he decrees. I'm going to declare what is to rule my life. Um, yesterday, there was a certain young man that was singing a song. I said, please don't sing that song. Um, these Beatles songs. Yesterday, my life has just begun. I'm coming all undone. Those days are gone. Listen to me. You start singing the things of this world, and that starts ruling your life. But if you start singing the songs of heaven, and you start saying the words, he says, I will declare the decree, what the Lord has said to me. You're my son, and today I've begotten you. Amen. Relationship of a father and a son, the closest ever. And so he's starting to speak the words of God over his life and walking in that truth. Verse 8, he's not like the kings of the earth that are raging and upset. And so in that relationship of you being the son of God, God will tell you, ask me whatever you want and I'll give you the nations as your inheritance. There will be a relationship with promise, the ends of the earth for your possession. When your father is God and you have that right relationship with him, um, get ready to see the vast, lavish expanse of God's inventory poured out in your life. The Bible says you won't even have enough room to take it all in. Verse 9. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces 
as a potter's vessel, talking to God with those people that resist his government and his way of life. Verse 10, now therefore be wise, O kings. So now he's talking to all of us. Be instructed, you rulers of the earth, you that govern. Get your, get your download from a guy who has provision because the majority of men have no idea what to do, how to do it, when to do it, where to do it. And here in God, everything is, is, is put forth in a wonderful manner. Let, let yourselves be instructed, you who will rule the earth, you who will govern affairs. Verse 11, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Get in a right mindset with your God, with your Father in heaven, with the King of glory. And get ready to rejoice in a fearful, reverent way. Verse 12, kiss the Son. Don't allow his anger to be aroused and you come to perish in this way when his wrath is kindled against you. But a little, blessed are those who put their trust in him. This Psalm 2, we should have read it when we were like 10 years old. We're establishing a government. Let our government, our rule, the way we run our affairs, not be contrary to God's. Let's not rage. Let's not stick to temporary things. Uh, one man stood up here last week and he said like this. He says, I didn't understand Christianity for a long time because it seems to be that everything that God promises you takes a while for it to come to pass. So now I have to be patient and wait on the Lord. And it's not like the world where you think that you're getting ahead real quick and you're doing things your way and all of a sudden everything falls apart and into ruin. But if you let the Lord build, if you let his government come aside you, if you learn his ways, this is what we do here at the church. We're trying to understand government. We're trying to understand um, how we will govern our affairs in this manner. I, I want you to just... Um, bow your heads now and say, Lord, could you be king of my life? Could I be governed by the king's decrees, his declarations, the way he does things, the way he does relationships, the way he responds? That dynamic is able to then govern the spirit of man. And he's able to take that into his marriage and be a husband like Jesus governs his bride. And he's able to have family and father and there's hope and there's faith and there's love. There's an expression of heavenly existence and fruit and not violence, not selfishness, not anger, not rage, not, not getting rid of your relationship with your father. Imagine a son that says, I don't want my father to call the shots. Well, that's your attitude with your father in heaven. You're resisting his government. You're resisting his rule. He wants to bring you peace. He wants to bring you fruitfulness, success, prosperity. So, Father, we pray that our relationship with you would be in alignment. That you have created the church. You have created family. You have created community. To be governed by yokes. The, 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 do not be unequally yoked in marriage. Marriage is a yoke. It's a limitation. It's a structure. Family is a limitation, is a restriction, it's a structure. But all these things created by you for our blessing, for our peace, for our prosperity. That we might never rage like the nations rage. That we might never be in it for temporary pleasures. But the long-term joy of the Lord is our strength.
We pray that you would bless the families in our church, that they would grow in this understanding, that they would be able to write a psalm like Psalm 2, while many kings buck the system and try and get out of the yoke and break the bonds and the cords, we're asking you to come. We're learning from you who said, learn of me, I am meek and humble. Take my yoke, which is easy, and my burden, which is light. In Jesus' name we pray, and the house of God says, amen, amen, and amen. Greet one another, and the love of the Lord will be here tomorrow night for men's group at 8 o'clock. There's an anointing for the men to be champions. Don't miss it from 8 to 9. Greet one another in the love of the Lord. God bless you.